I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the VU Find Happy podcast. You've got amazing things going on. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be great. It's I'm really excited to have the conversation. I think a lot of people need to hear it, and it's not always being talked about. Absolutely. Um, and you know, one of the best things about being a podcast host that I've found is I get to I get to meet some incredible people, and I get to feel so inspired by everything they've said as well. So <laughs> it's worked out really good for me. Um, I'm just really enjoying it. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do and what you've got going on? Yeah, so I've been a business owner since 2014, and I have a digital marketing business, and I have a coaching business. And in 2018, I burned out for my digital marketing business um, hardcore. I I didn't know what was going on. I was super frustrated. I almost walked away from it because I was so low, and I almost didn't want to ever do it again. Luckily, I made some changes, and I, I still have it. Um, but I realized that a lot of times entrepreneurs have some misconceptions about burnout and what it looks like and how it can show up for you. And the things that we think we have to do in order to have a business sometimes lead us to burning out. So I now want to help people through my coaching uh, to realize that, you know, they don't have to have a schedule that doesn't have any time for an unscheduled coffee break. They can take time with their family and take down time without feeling guilty and actually still have a successful business and say no at the same time. Uh, well, everything you're saying just totally speaks <laughs> to me. I, I have a couple of businesses myself and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really unapologetic, unapologetically no on a lot of things because my family time is super important to me and taking time out. I almost feel guilty though sometimes about <laughs> it, but I know that it's so important um, especially when you are responsible for every decision in your business. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, um, don't realize the pressure that goes into that subconsciously. Yeah. I, I tell my husband that if he sees me talking to myself, I'm having a board meeting. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so true. When it's all on you, I mean, that can be really liberating and great. And is one of the reasons why I chose to be an entrepreneur, to have my own business and make all the choices and all that stuff. But when it's day in, day out, it's all on you. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of things you have to work through. And not everybody's great at every hat that they have to wear as an entrepreneur. I think people even experience this when they work for someone else. You know, that pressure to um, forsake family time in the evening to be on call 24 seven or whatever it might look like. Yes. Two out of every three employees is experiencing some level of burnout and one out of seven millennials is experiencing burnout. Wow. So why do people burn out? So, um, there are three signs of burnout, three things that end up happening. So you can have these in varying degrees. You can have them all at the same time, or you can have like one of the symptoms. So, the first one is having low energy. And these are not something I've come up with. These are all scientifically proven. Um, and then the second sign is that you have a lack of meaning in your work. 
sometimes people don't understand what that means. So it can be feeling really bored or it can be looking like you don't have any energy. You're just kind of scraping by, doing the bare minimum, hoping nobody notices. And I know that because I've been there. And then the third one is not having confidence. So it's like you're the person who used to have all the ideas and went to the networking events and all that. And now you don't have any ideas. You stand in the corner at networking events and you just hope that nobody talks to you and you're just zapped of energy and you just want to hide. So those are the three signs of burnout. And so what can people do when they, if, if they're relating to some of these things that you're describing, but perhaps they can't leave their job because they need the money or whatever, what, what do you recommend people do when they're experiencing burnout? So there are several things that you can do. Um, the first thing is really acknowledging it and being like, oh, wow, this could be showing up for me. Because a lot of times we have this huge fear that it's this monster under the bed. My entire life is going to change. Everything is going to fall apart and it's going to just go down the tubes. Right. So we can have some level of burnout after finals week or after the holidays with our family. We can be burnt out from some of like those um, environments that we're in without everything falling apart. So you can be in different levels, different stages of this. And the first step after you acknowledge it, the second step is just taking some small steps that you can that will help move you forward. So one of those small steps can be um, taking your lunch away from your desk. So there's like one out of every three people actually eat their lunch away from their desk. The majority of people either eat lunch at their desk or they don't eat lunch at all. And while this is, it seems really silly because um, if you're an employee, you have a, like you have to take a lunch break um, based on you know, standards uh, if you're full time. But then if you're if you're a business owner, sometimes we forget to do those things. We don't have that boss that's reminding us, hey, you need to go take your lunch now. And it's really important to step away from your desk, from where you're at, give your brain a break, not be on your phone looking at stuff or trying to listen to that next podcast or whatever it is. Just taking even 15, 20 minutes, it can help increase your productivity, give you a break and your brain a break, as well as your body, right? So you've been sitting or standing, working and having that um, stress. And so then you need to shift. You need to, it needs to look different. And taking a lunch break away from your desk can help you do that. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. I It's scary to think how many people don't eat lunch and skip right through it. I know I've certainly done that before. I try to not make a habit of that. Um, but as we're talking, I'm sitting here with my my salad in my lap. So <laughs> I would it's I would be lying things. if I didn't say it happens. And you know what's <laughs> funny is I told I had a workshop earlier, and then I was on a radio show, and then I had this recording, and I literally told the people in the workshop, I'm like, my day is too crammed. I'm not liking it. <laughs> it feels uh, it it doesn't feel good. I think um I think we recognize that because we start to just get real short with other people. Um, or not maybe have the patience that we usually can can put forth and that sort of thing. That's when I notice. That's when I'm like, okay, I need to I need to go for a walk. <laughs> I need Absolutely, to do something. that is really important. Being able to acknowledge where where am I at? Where are my emotions at? So, um, one of the gauges and ways that I realize when I'm pushing myself too hard or my expectations are too high, and I'm like. I'm going to do all the laundry and make dinner and clean the house and set up the dog gate and like do all these extra things. Um, normally the next day I'm pretty grumpy 
I'm not very friendly to be around. And I've realized that being grumpy is a sign that I have super low energy. I don't have much to give from my cup and that I overextended myself. So I need to take me time. So for you, it could be just like I I don't have the energy to give. And that's great. That's a really important sign because a lot of times when we just push through and we ignore those signs that are like, I'm grumpy all the time, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. Those are signs of burnout. And when we don't stop and be like, I need to re-energize and we just keep pushing through so that maybe one day we'll reach our goals of whatever that is, then a lot of times that leads to burnout. And I, I, I'm so in tune with my body these days. I even notice that if I start to feel like a looming, like underlying headache, like just that kind of pressure, I'm like, Oop, my brain is working too hard without any relief. Like it hasn't had a moment to just not have to work. It's grinding too hard. Yeah, you can. I mean, just looking away from your computer for five minutes can help increase your productivity as well as if you have the opportunity to take a nap or take a walk or something like that. 15, 20 minutes can be a huge shift in your energy, your productivity, and what you're asking of yourself to give. I feel fortunate because I have a, a spouse that contributes, um, obviously, tremendously to my situation. But what about moms who feel burnout and they're single moms? Absolutely. So I am not a mom. I have three dogs. That's not the same, I know. But um, <laughs> I, I um, so... What ends up happening, I want to share some of my own experience so that then you know what burnout can look like and um, some of the things that I did to help shift out of that, right? So if you're a single mom and some of these things are showing up for you, then you can acknowledge, hey, I have that sign. I need to take action. So it started slowly. I was in it for probably about six months, but it got really bad about June of 2018. I didn't know what was going on. I would complete a project that I should be really excited about, like finishing a website. And instead of being like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited uh, we did this, I was really frustrated. And I was like, well, they won't like it anyways. I got really cynical about my clients. Um, I would get an email from a client and I would just like be rage quit. So angry. And I would have to walk away from the computer. I do meetings and I just have to walk away. So. When I found that I was getting super angry and I didn't want to talk to people and I just wanted to hide and I got to the point where like on the weekends, I would just sit down because I felt like I was almost recovering from being sick. I call it work week sickness. I wasn't sick, but I had such low energy that I didn't care about really doing anything. So if these things are showing up for you, it doesn't have to continue looking like that. It can shift. And some of those small shifts, if you're like, I don't even know when I feel way overwhelmed or I'm just feeling that way all the time. So a simple thing that you could do for yourself is by spending $5 on yourself for something that brings you absolute joy, that just puts a smile on your face. Um, most of us can afford $5. For a lot of people, that might be coffee. For me, it's flowers. Even though some people look at me like they're already dead and they're going to die in a week. Why are you <laughs> buying roses for yourself? But they make me feel so happy and it's not that expensive and they put a huge smile on my face. What would it be for you, Michaela? Ooh, you know, it's, this is funny because I've been feeling this the last couple of days. And so I did two things. One, I went for a drive, which always just just noticing like I even drove down a little road I'd never been on before and just checked out the homes and stuff like that. Um, and I actually went to the grocery store shortly thereafter. And I, they had like this little garden hedgehog. 
It's so cute. And so, yeah, I, I did not have any need for a hedgehog whatsoever, but um, I always can kind of add to my garden because usually the weather destroys stuff over time. So I got a little hedgehog, <laughs> but something for the garden usually makes me happy. Right. So I just hear the happiness, the excitement in your voice about that. And that's what we're looking for. I don't care what it is, but something that you can just say, hey, this is me filling myself back up. A lot of times as women, as moms, we as entrepreneurs, we give, 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 give. And we don't pay attention to when our cup is so low that we have nothing left to give. And so needing to fill that up, I encourage my clients to fill up their cup and give from the overflow instead of from the dredges that are barely left at the bottom, which is what we're kind of used to doing. I am someone that I have a high achiever. I have done a lot of things in my life and all this stuff. So when I was in burnout and I was super low and I just sat on the couch and like getting dressed in the morning was an accomplishment, that was a really scary place for me to be. So another thing that I used was meditation, mindfulness meditation. Some people prefer to view that as prayer. If they're religious, that's totally fine. Whatever works for you. Um, but it helps shift your brain. When you're in burnout, it's very uh, reactive. So it's kind of like thinking about it like a lightning bolt. You're responding to everything. Everything makes you angry and upset and frustrated. But when you meditate, it helps shift your brain and change the neurons so that then you become more reflective and you can kind of take that beat. So there are things that maybe used to frustrate you and now you don't have to engage with them or engage as much kind of like being in the matrix and watching bullets whiz by you that you used to have to step in front of and get hit by. <laughs> yeah, that visual is really good. I could totally see that. And everything's in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, chocolate bars also work really good for me. Like a, like a nice, organic, gummy, fair trade chocolate. <laughs> Perfect. Whatever those things are, sometimes we forget what are those things that just bring me joy? They don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a massage or getting your nails done or something that's more expensive. We want to build up a habit over a period of time of being like, how do I fill myself up? I need to be able to acknowledge it. And sometimes why I have people put money down is so that they're saying, this is important to me because money. So we're spending all of our time trying to build up money and, and do things with it. Right. So putting it down on something specific helps you say, this is something I'm committed to. It's important. To me. Yeah. 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 I think with meditation too, I think people get scared that like, Oh, I'm going to have to sit for 30 minutes of it. You know, it can be just a simple couple <gasps> of minutes in the, in the bathtub or in the shower or on your way home, parking yeah. on the side of the road for a second and noticing the trees. It can be anything. Yes. I was super judgmental towards meditation um, before I did it. And um, I've read a lot of burnout books and quite a few of them talk about that, that shift in the neurons and how you can shift your brain. And meditation can be five minutes a day. These things that I'm talking about, this, the small steps that I'm talking about today are all things you can do in 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be a huge shift because normally when you're in burnout, you're like, I'm overwhelmed by my to-do list anyways. I don't have more space for more things to do. So these are things you can add quickly to your morning routine or your end of day routine um, or having lunch, whatever that is, just a small shift. And then you can start to say, oh, that did make a difference for me. I need to look into this further. How can I take this to the next step? 
during my art workshop this week, um, today, everybody was late because there was traffic, like really bad road construction traffic going on. So a couple of them actually parked across the street and walked over because it was going to be faster to walk than to drive. And they came in and they're, you know, sweating and panting and uh, that you could just feel that energy of like, I'm late, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And we just literally sat in our chairs. I put on a little calm music. We took a few deep breaths in. We noticed the sounds in the room, the temperature of the room, you know, then a few more deep breaths out. And that was it. And it was like palpable, the change of energy in the room. It was amazing. It's incredible. Um, and I, and I think that, you know, it, it can happen internally so fast, just taking a couple minutes to just reconnect and ground yourself. And yeah, super powerful, but, but I think people often overlook it. Absolutely. So what is intuition coaching? What do you, what do you, can you tell me a little about that? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, I made it up. So 100% transparency. <laughs> Everybody's like, what is that? I've never heard of an intuition coach and be like, yeah, because I made it up. So <laughs> what happens is that or what used to happen to me a lot is that I would get stuck in my head. And so I try and make decisions based on what I thought was a good idea or a smart move. And a lot of times I wasn't very happy with those choices or I would be like, why am I so frustrated or why am I not staying at this job for a long time or why am I, I made that choice, but it it doesn't really speak to me. But I thought it was because I was doing it for the money or I was doing it because it was going to move me forward in my career or whatever. Those things aren't bad, but I realized that when I make a decision based on listening to myself, I call that my intuition, um, I'm much happier even though sometimes I'm like, I have no idea why I'm doing this. This doesn't make any sense. There's no logical reasoning behind this. I, I'm much happier when I'm following that and being like, I'm just going to do it. Regardless, one example of that is I'm going to become a Zumba instructor. And it's really exciting. And it's going to be a new thing for me. And if I never use it, I'm okay with that. But it's just something fun and different and new than what I'm doing right now. On like on top of what I'm doing right now. So Sometimes I find that when I was in burnout, I didn't listen to myself. I wasn't listening to my body physically, and I wasn't listening to my emotions. I wasn't listening to um, what I was thinking mentally, because if I would have taken that minute to be present like you did with your class today and say, let's slow down and see what are we thinking about this? Oh, you're actually bored with this work. Oh, you're using caffeine to just make it through your day. You're skipping your lunch. You don't like working with any of these clients. Why are you still doing this work? So intuition coaching helps someone listen to themselves so that they don't end up in burnout and they can create that work-life balance that allows them to show up how they want to. I like that. And I can so relate to your Zumba because I became a yoga instructor for the same reason. Awesome. (laughs) It was just for myself. You know, I was just like, I, and so what's awesome is I have a home, yoga practice, obviously, um, being a yoga instructor myself, what's nice is like, I don't have to go to the studio. I, I mean, that is a different experience and I do enjoy it because I push myself a lot harder and there's that community energy and all of that. But it's really nice when I'm super busy to be able to throw down my mat, you know, for 15, 20 minutes and just do a short, brief yoga practice. It feels so good. It feels so empowering. Absolutely. And those are the things a lot of times people feel like self-care has to look a certain way or it has to be happen only when you're really stressed or when you have a really um, big project coming up or something like that. 
But I want to shift how we see self-care and say, what can I do for myself in 15 minutes a day, like your yoga practice or like doing some dances, some Zumba dances for me or reading or taking a walk or taking a nap? Those things that we've been talking about that don't take up tons of time. But if you spend 15 minutes on yourself over the course of the week, maybe you've spent about an hour and a half. And I think that from the majority, we could give ourselves an hour and a half of our time each week. Absolutely. When you put it like that, it doesn't seem like very much, huh? Yeah, it doesn't. So people, you know, I'm, I'm a psychotherapist and people often um, kind of think that um, psychotherapy, life coaching, that it's very like taboo or it means there's, they're broken or something <laughs> like that. Um, why do you think coaches are important? good question. So I did some personal development work in 2016, and it really rocked my world, um, some in negative ways and some in positive ways. I was going to conferences and really got involved in this, um, in some personal development. And then I had a coach for a couple of years, and I was able to work through some things that had followed me for years things that I had not been able to release um, that wasn't really how I wanted to show up. It wasn't the person I wanted to be. And I was embarrassed about those things like certain relationships or stuff that I held on to. An example, I was a horrible, horrible manager when I was first out of college and put in a very high level position in a retail environment. And it was the first time I'd probably failed at that epic level ever. I was a very good student. So failing was very, very hard. And I held on to that for until about 2016 when I was able to work through that with the help of my coach. So I, as I, as I kept with my coach and I realized he was helping me work through all this stuff, I thought about it and I had this intuition time and I realized that I wanted to become a coach myself. And I really didn't like the term life coach. And I really resisted it for a long time because I feel like sometimes there's some life coaches out there that are like, <laughs> and I didn't want to be that person. And yet it was really important to me to talk to people and have a conversation about where they were at and let them find their own solutions to their challenges. So I view coaching and why it's important is because it's an opportunity that we rarely get to be listened to, to be heard. And I don't have the answers to someone else's problems um, or challenges, but they do normally, or normally they can figure something out. And a lot of times we can't do that until we have a really open, non-judgmental environment to be heard in. I heard somebody say one, actually, this was in the yoga journal this month, um, the magazine. It said that um, it's kind of like how a sports team, you can be one of the greatest pro athletes in the world, but you still need somebody on the sidelines who's watching objectively. 
And I love that. Like, yeah, you need somebody who's watching the whole game and all the other players while you're in it. Yes. So a lot of times we get in our stuff and we just, and then it's like, we're frustrated and we're just in this like whole mix of emotions and all this stuff. And it's not fun. And we're like, how come I always go there? How come my relationships always in this way or my jobs always in this way or whatever it is for you and coaching psychotherapy in different ways. We can all help shift that. So you get to decide what is the best way for you to get support. And I believe that we all need support, whether it's from a different avenue, we can get it in different ways. Um, there's some things that I don't understand, right, about how it all comes together, but it doesn't mean that it can't work for someone else. And so I, I know the difference, but I'd be curious. I don't think I've ever like really got, talked about this on the podcast before. What is the difference between a psychotherapist or a psychologist or even a psychiatrist and uh life coaching how are they all different that's a good question i'm probably going to mess up this analogy but it's been told to me and i really liked it when it was told to me but it was like three years ago so that's why i might mess it up so i believe and please correct me if i'm wrong is that a psychologist a therapist is going to look on look at what happened in the past that's impacting where you're at now is that correct Sometimes, yes. Okay. Depends on the modality of the therapist. You know, okay. if you're if you're a Jungian therapist or an experiential behaviorist or cognitive behavioralist, you might have a little bit different of approach of looking at more psych- psychodynamic, like going back in history. But yeah, in general, yes. <laughs> the answer, yeah, for sure. And then a coach is about, so a consultant is about like, how do we get things done? And a coach is about looking forward and saying, let's, I'm not, I'm not saying this is exclusive to one or the other. Please don't hear me say that. But the coach is about saying, okay, you've taken all your experience and how can we make this happen while empowering the person to create their own solutions? I've said it once before while we were talking and I'm going to say it again. I think it's really important that people acknowledge that they can solve their own challenges and that they need the environment to do that. Obviously, there are tools that you can use and exercises that you can do with journaling and, and becoming more aware of yourself, as we've talked about. Um, those are all important tools to help you get there. But I believe that we have the power to solve the, our own things that are showing up for us. Sometimes we just need to be able to see them or figure out what that looks like or change the situation. And so the coach helps in that capacity more than the let's just solve this problem. The consultant has to come in and solve all the problems. And the therapist is looking at some of more in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I partially agree with that. A lot of what I do, I never tell a client what to do. You know what I mean? That for me, it's always about helping them just um, maybe look at their situations a little differently to identify, you know, what things could be coming up as repetitive behaviors and stuff like that and ways to improve their life in general. But yeah, yeah, I would agree with all of that. Yeah. I actually offer both life coaching and counseling and I see it as more, um, the counseling being more of a therapeutic, we're going to dig down deep to identify, um, patterns and behaviors that are not serving you versus life coaching is more like there's this immediate thing that I want to get some guidance on and some assistance with and some outside perspective on. That's kind of how I see it. But 
what you said is also true, I think. It was more eloquent um, when I read it in this in this coaching book that I had read. Um, but I agree. I think we're saying the same thing on the same yeah. page. And I everyone has get confused by it, though. You know, I think it's one of those things where it's like, well, what do I need? Do I need a life coach? Do I need a therapist? What do I need? What's going on? Well, um, you probably if my... you just went through a trauma like a loss or, um, you know, some sort of um, major life change, you you probably don't. Uh, you're not looking for life coaching as much in that situation. Yeah. You're probably looking to move through trauma with like a counselor who is skilled in tra- traumatic work. And then whereby if you're looking to make a career change, that's probably more like you're looking for a life coach to help you transition into that new realm. Absolutely. And work through those fears that come up for you as you're going through it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's a, a level you'd said people feel like they might be broken if they need that support and um, I've definitely been worried about, like, am I messed up? Is there something wrong with me that I need this? Um, but I've been more present and lived a more full life after working through some of those things and becoming more aware of myself and what's going on for me, as well as acknowledging when the crazy happens. I can be like, I'm acting crazy right now. Awesome. This is what I'm going to do about it. Um, and part of my burnout journey included I was worried that I might be experiencing some depression with the very low level of energy that I had. And so I got support online um, through a psychologist and um, realized we worked through it together and realized that I was not showing the signs enough to be classified as depressed. And so it was something that I was just an overachiever and had pushed too far and needed to recuperate from that. So what do you advise people as a way to move through feelings of inadequacy that they may have? So a lot of times when I find that my confidence is super low and I I feel like a fake or a fraud, I need to take some um, me time. I need to fill up back up my cup. I know we talk about that a lot and it's like, how do you know when your cup is full or when it's done being filled up? And a lot of times that courage, confidence is just Putting, taking that first step, that courageous, having the courage to be like, I'm just going to take this step and I'm going to put myself out there. And if you are in a point where you can't even think about like taking that step, then you don't have enough personal energy, support, whatever that is that you need in order to feel confident. Like I can, I can try. I'm okay trying. If you're just stuck in your shell and you don't want to do anything, that's okay. It's an opportunity for you to say, how can I support myself? How can I love on myself? What can I do to make it okay where I'm at? And then in the future, it can look different. So really just checking in with yourself to see the the why. Why are you holding yourself back? Why are you having that kind of negative self-talk? Absolutely. And and if you're like, I, I don't understand why this is happening. It's all this other person's fault or it's other things are going on around you, right? You can't see it then that's an opportunity to talk to someone. Whatever chosen um, person that you want to receive support from, it's an opportunity to get some more support because, like you said, it's someone who can watch you objectively and be like, you know, this seems to happen a lot when you are doing blah or this shows up for you when this is happening. So true. So true. So, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. How can people get in contact with you? How can they follow up with you? 
So I have a, a website, myintuitioncoach.com. If you want to find out if burnout is showing up for you, you can take my super short quiz. It's like two minutes long. And it just kind of asks some questions, some general questions based on the signs that we were talking about earlier. And I give everybody a personalized feedback and some suggestions based on their quiz results. And um, if you want to learn more about working with me or what it would look like to help you get support to get out of burnout, you can email me at info at myintuitioncoach.com. Thank you so much. I'm sure there will be a lot of people that are nodding yes to all of the things that you mentioned, including myself, as I finish my lunch on my lap. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.